Welcome to another episode of Heroes and, a podcast where we talk about heroes and comics, movies, TV shows, and Spider-Man memes taking over social media. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, we're going to talk about it. I'm Cody. And I'm Andy, and today we're talking about Heroes and Daredevil Season 1. But before we get into that, you guys know here at Heroes and, we love our top five episodes. But some of them don't have enough crunch crunch to them uh, to give them a full-length episode. So today we're going to do a speed round of top five. Now, Cody, how you feeling? I feel great. Yeah? Yeah. I really have. I kind of feel like there's a certain person that we know named Jake. And I feel like I have that like crazy look that he gets in his eyes when things are going to go really well. Yes. I'm I'm excited for this episode because you do have that crazy look in your eyes, and I'm just uh, I yeah it's just gonna be a lot of fun and a lot of giggles and that's gonna be great. Uh, but like I said, we're gonna do a speed round of top five, and we're gonna do top five movie snacks. So take a bite out of that. Yes, uh, that's why I said the crunch joke earlier. I don't know if you guys caught that. But that was mine. That was my idea. I wrote that joke. <laughs> yeah, that was all Cody. Um, so Cody, you want to go first? You want me to go first? What are you, what are you, what are you thinking? I'll go first. All right, man. What are your top five movie snacks, man? So I'm going to the movies. The first thing, and I like I don't really drink soda much anymore, okay. but got to have a cherry Coke. It's got to be a cherry Coke. Can't be regular Coke. And get out of here with your Sprite nonsense. Okay? <laughs> okay. It's got to be cherry Shots Coke. Shots fired. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's got to be cherry Coke. Uh, and then I'm also going to have popcorn. That's a staple. Like, yes. You know, like that's just in everybody's top five movie <laughs> snacks. And if it's not, you're wrong. That's right. um, uh, also like dots uh-huh. uh, because dots are chewy. You know, uh, they last. You can you can make them last the whole movie. Okay. Um, peanut M&M's okay. are a big one. And yes. then um, Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers because here's my thing with like with movie snacks is that I don't want to necessarily be eating them like. I don't. I don't want to get to the bottom of the the of the bucket or the like, you know the cart the cart or whatever yeah, the uh-huh. carton you know very quickly. So with like dots, they take so long to chew. Or with uh, with Jolly Ranchers, they get stuck in your teeth. Yeah, yeah, you have to like, yeah, you have to like just you know hold them there in your mouth <laughs> um, for a while. So those are my top five movie snacks, Andy. What are yours? Uh, before I get into my top five, I like that you have a strategy <laughs> to your to your movie snacks that you're thinking. Listen, longevity <laughs> is important here. What's gonna make it through this long two you, you know two hour about, long movie? Yes, yeah, it's, it's got it's got to be something that sustains. Okay? All right, all right. Uh, Cody's not into shallow <laughs> candy, um, so I'm gonna go. Uh, obviously, like you said, um, popcorn. I freaking love popcorn. Unity. Yes, man. I uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I also enjoy. Now, do you do you put the butter flavor on it? Butter flavor like, or butter? Like <laughs> the like whatever that stuff they have at the movie theater is. <laughs> I don't know that. Like <laughs> I've seen butter. butter at the grocery store. <laughs> That's not it. Okay. Well, whatever Just that wondering. oil <laughs> that grease is. Just, yes, okay. I put it. Okay. Um, that there is now there is some strategy to that if. The person is like if their customer service is on point, um, I'll ask them to fill up my bucket or my large bag or whatever halfway, put butter on that, and then fill the then fill the rest of it 
with uh, the rest of the bucket. So you get a good layers. Yeah, layers it's all spread out. Exactly. So buttery, oily, good mix. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but that's, that's only a good. A, I've never thought of that that's in the only... twenty-three years of life. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought. You're hey, welcome. Man, you want to just be a good guy today? I know, but that's only again only if the person's customer service is, is on point. Uh, so, like I said, popcorn, uh, peanut butter, M and M's. Uh, Sour Patch Kids, uh, the watermelon flavor. Specifically watermelon. Yes. You don't like the sour, then they're sweet ones. Yes. not No, I like the watermelon ones, the the sweeter ones, just the general sweet ones. Those are really good. Uh, Also love uh, Reese's Pieces. That's uh, delicious. And then lastly, but not least, Goobers. Goobers is I'm a goofy goober. Yes. Shout out to SpongeBob SquarePants, the movie, but Andy. (laughs) I'm going to ignore that again. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what goobers are. Goobers is actually similar. It's it's chocolate covered peanuts. It's actually similar to like a peanut M M&M. and um, But it's it's not like, as hard. It's a more soft chew. It's they're more basic. they're more gooby. Yeah, that's perfect. That's the best way to describe it. Is that they're more gooby. That's the term we're going with. And so I enjoy goobers. Um, so, yeah, so goobers, that's the last top five I have for item I have for this top five. This is going to be a hot mess I, of an episode. I really need to try goobers. <laughs> have you Next, never tried it, though? Like, like have you, you know, never? I don't. I, every time I go to the movies, I'm sneaking candy in with me. <laughs> <laughs> so that might be one that they only sell at the movies, or it may be one that I just know my top five, so I'm, I don't even look anymore. You okay. Know? Yeah. Um, but those are our top five movie snacks. I apologize for the insanity that just happened in <laughs> all that mess. Uh, but those are our top five movie snacks. We'd love to hear yours. Just reach out to us on social media and let us know your top five movie snacks. But like Andy said earlier, today we're talking about Heroes and Daredevil Season 1. Season 2 is coming out this Friday, so by the time you're hearing this, it's just two days away. Uh, and we thought that it would be a perfect time to look back at Season 1, think about what they did well, Maybe not so well, and just talk about our thoughts on it. So, Andy, what did you think? Uh, I really, really, really liked this this TV show a lot. Um, now, before we get into the rest of the episode, I just want to say a couple things. First off, spoiler alert: we're gonna uh, you know talk about the whole season from beginning to end. Um, so, if you haven't seen it, please watch it um, and then come back and listen to the episode uh, to hear our thoughts on it. But then also, too, you might be asking, why in the world are they doing like a Daredevil, you know, season one review now? But uh, we just thought, again, with season two coming out and we figured let's give everyone a fair amount of time <laughs> to watch this. We thing. didn't want to violate any like spoiler <laughs> protocols. Exactly. We put them there for a reason. But anyways, back to your question. We Cody. can't accept limitations. <laughs> We're no better than the bad guys. That's right. So we, um, so yeah, so I really liked Daredevil. I really did. Um, I actually, I feel like I got through it pretty quickly. Um, I think you finished it before I did. Actually. Yeah. Uh, I was definitely, I, I liked it a lot. And I, um, I, I'm not as quick as like some people who just did it in a week or something like that. But I took, I, t- I stayed a couple months, like a month or two maybe. Um, I pretty much got through all of it. And it's only 13 episodes. Right. Granted, they're longer episodes, but still just 13 episodes. But I really, I did, I really liked it. Um, just, I was a little surprised. Let me rephrase that. Maybe not surprised. Maybe that's not the right term, but um, I knew that it was rated 
TVMA. I knew mm-hmm. that it was a it was it was going to be for mature audiences. It's not necessarily a kids show, even though it's a like a superhero TV show. I don't. I, I, yeah. I think it's safe to say it's not a kids yeah, show. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> you yeah, can take out, there isn't no necessarily <laughs> about it. That's right. It was, uh, yeah. it's like like talking about this like this you know yeah. adult content nature of it. Um, there was a moment, Andy. I, I remember pretty well where you you texted me, and yeah. you were further in yeah. than I was. But you texted me, and you were like, "Like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this." Yeah, and that's what that's what exactly like exactly that's what I was getting at is that I knew that it was gonna be rated, you know, TVMA, um, and it's really just for. I feel like it's really just for the material. The content is pretty mm-hmm. dark, like it's you know uh, you know very street level crime, you right. know. And then I, there wasn't there wasn't any nudity or anything like that to my right. you know my memory, uh, but the violence was you know it was there it was yeah it, it was it was definitely very like violent and uh, and a lot and sometimes gory yeah um, at times you know, and gore heavy yeah so I so that that's what I came away with that when I you know back when I when I first got through the whole season was yeah that was definitely dark like that was definitely not you know captain america or that wasn't you know iron man three or two you know it wasn't any of Mm -hmm. those type of you know uh movies or you know material but it was definitely something that was dark but um but back to what you were saying i've i usually don't watch a lot of dark uh, mature TV shows. I right. I tend to stick to the the lighthearted stuff and the Big Bang Theory and the comedies. A little exactly. bit of the Flash. Yeah, exactly. I think probably the darkest TV show I watch is probably Arrow. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much it. So for me, well, like what I texted you, Cody, it was there was some pretty violent stuff there mm-hmm. that I, honestly, I I I thought to myself, if if this happens almost in every episode, I don't know if I will actually get through it. Just being, I mean, you guys, the listeners, maybe it wasn't an issue for you, but for me, for not watching a lot of stuff like that, it was a it was a bigger deal for me to, okay, hope again. I hope they don't do this throughout the whole season, right? You know, and they didn't. I, I there was only just the f- first few episodes that that was the case. Yeah, but, and and I think the moments where they do, like where they do get you know gory um, and get a little a little excess almost excessively violent yeah um it's used well it's not like it's just senseless you know like it's not like the expendables or something where it's just yeah. senseless um you know senseless violence necessarily but um i'm right there with you i thought they did a great job with the show i i really appreciated um that the tone of it mm-hmm. which is interesting because i tend to you know, like I, I've talked about it before, like with The Walking Dead, with it being so dark that I'm not really interested. But I think with this one, maybe and maybe it's just because it's Daredevil. Maybe it's just because it's the MCU. Yeah. Um, but I was really enjoying it. And even like even in the little stuff of like the the, the exploration of of his powers mm-hmm. and, you know, like that, you know, where he says he sees a world on fire mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and kind of the, just the representation of what that means to you know, it's like, you know, he's the daredevil yeah. and, you know, and, um, and he sees this world on fire and, and the way, like, I appreciated that his costume, like we knew that it was coming. We'd seen pictures of it, you mm-hmm. know, like they released pictures before the season, um, before the season was released, but we didn't see it until the very end. And I was surprised that I was actually really okay with that because one, the black outfit, like just looked so cool. Um, but two, I, I think it, you know, it, it felt earned when he gets that, when he gets that suit. Yeah. At the end of at the end of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, the It was 13 episodes that, I, for the most part, I felt like every episode was important. Uh, every episode helped with the pacing. Every episode helped with character development and really continuing maybe the overall story arc or maybe told more of an individual story arc. And so, again, I, th- I thought... I thought season one was really, really good. And it's very important for Marvel to... This was a big deal for them. This yeah. was their first their first TV show on Netflix. This, the first one um, with this new rating. This, the first one of this potential new Netflix universe that mm-hmm. they're going to do. And if it, if it sucked and if it wasn't good and if it wasn't received well, then... Who knows if we would be lining up like with the rest of these other TV shows? I mean, they just announced they've we've got Iron Fist coming now. They they just recently announced that the Luke Cage show will will premiere in September, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is you know the same time slot as Jessica Jones was released, and so yeah. and it's all ultimately building to uh, to the de- to a Defenders miniseries yeah. uh, where we'll see you know all of these characters kind of come together so yeah. was, I'm really excited for that it was a big deal like, essentially what Iron Man did for the MCU Daredevil did now for Netflix mm-hmm. and so I think just how that was so monumental to this whole MCU that we're now in you know years later I think yeah people will look back and say yeah you know Matt Murdock Daredevil that was a that was what started this whole thing off, you know. So it's, mm-hmm. it's it's important that it it was received the way it was, and that it was good for the most part. Aside from the the um, the violence and mm-hmm. and things of that nature, is there what are what maybe were you not so crazy about uh, with Daredevil? Um, I I think <clears throat> I guess just reminding myself, and it's kind of tied tied in with the violence a little bit. Just to being just being honest with you, Cody, but. I honestly just kind of reminding myself that this isn't for for kids, you know, like this. It, mm-hmm. it, that was hard. Like that's really hard for me to to disconnect that, you know. And I know some characters you can get darker with and all this stuff. Like you know what we talked about last week on the episode with the Punisher. You know, some comic book characters are not intended for kids and or for younger readers or viewers or whatever. And so, but just. Um, you know, I guess kind of seeing that, at, you know, on this TV show now, um, it really did catch me off guard. And yeah. what's funny, I heard uh, someone say this um, talking about Daredevil. Um, it was someone that wasn't so impressed, uh, so impressed with the show. Okay. They were like, you know, they were they were talking about it and they were saying, hey, I don't think it was that big of a deal or whatever. Um, and the comment that this gentleman said was. Uh, for people who say that, oh, Daredevil was so good, it was so dark and gritty, and that's you know, was, you know, that whole world was so awesome, blah blah blah. He was he, he was saying you're only saying that it's only dark and gritty if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, right? And I remember, like, I and I agree completely. Like, I know, <laughs> I think you saw, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've seen like the first two or three episodes. I've only saw the first, yeah, I think t- episode two or th- yeah, two or three. I know I didn't go further than three. With the, with the, the bathtub, the, the bathtub, yeah, yeah. and that's all that we're gonna say about that. Yeah, but that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But so yeah, like Breaking Bad. Like if you think, yeah, like this show on a scale of one to Breaking Bad, it's maybe maybe a Walking Dead. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's it's not necessarily 
um, as you know, as dark or as heavy as as shows have gotten, or yeah. you know, like other shows that are that are popular right now, like Game of Thrones and yeah. and you know Breaking Bad. But at the same time, just in the realm of like this superhero world, mm-hmm. especially knowing that this this character exists in our beloved MCU, you know, yeah. where where Hulk smashes and yeah. and you know Cap is is great yeah. and Tony is great and they love each other, <laughs> you know, <laughs> until this summer, until oh, the, no. until this summer, yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's just it, like in light of that, it's I think is what kind of makes this show seem so dark. Yeah, and that's what I had to remind myself, like um, again, that it was a this was the world that they wanted. Like this is what they wanted to create with these characters and with this Netflix run and all that. And so, um, so yeah, you know, the violence, but just the content just in general, like I had to remind myself, um, yeah, this isn't for kids. And like you said, like I've, I only saw the first couple episodes of breaking bad and that's where I, that's where I was giving this show. Like I gave breaking bad a few episodes and I was going to give Daredevil like a few episodes. And I was like, yeah. if this keeps up, like and if it's, if it's like this, like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I literally, I don't know if I can stomach this, you know, like it was a, it was a big deal. And I, I know that I'm in the minority for that. A lot of people love breaking bad. And, but I don't know for me, that's why I think I love like comic books and all that stuff. I think there's a, um, a sense of like kiddiness to it that mm-hmm. I'm okay with. That you know I don't need it to. Well, there can super... only be so much like it's there. There can only be so much realism on yeah. the pages of a comic book versus, you know, Daredevil getting slung around by this ninja. Yeah, like, exactly. So. Yeah, and then like even then like what besides just like not even the the violence but the the content like the first few episodes you know Daredevil's trying to stop um, some gangs from like trafficking humans like that's a serious thing that's that's a real life problem right that's you know doesn't get a lot of uh it doesn't get a lot of tv time on the news and all that stuff but that's Mm -hmm. like that's a real it's happening all over the world yeah all over the world like that's a real thing and so to think that like that's what they were you know that's what they were you know using for those first few episodes was crazy to me but uh cody uh what do you think i mean you kind of said you really liked it anything that you didn't like about it or anything like that um, I the the issue that I have is, and I guess we'll we'll get maybe get into a little bit more later, but um, just like it's uh, it's seems it's such a ridiculous idea to me that like when these friends of these characters like mm-hmm. find out that they're superheroes and all of a sudden they're all frustrated at them <laughs> yes. for for trying yes. to take up arms and defend like yes. people, you know. Yes. Um. So like when Foggy finds out, you know, like namely when Foggy finds out that uh. That Matt is the daredevil, mm-hmm. you know, and is this is this masked vigilante? Mm-hmm. He he gets upset with him, you know, and he's like, "What the heck, man? Why didn't you tell me?" Like, yeah, and like Matt's like, "It's not that it's it's not that Matt doesn't trust, you know, Foggy. It's that he doesn't want to endanger Foggy, and get he doesn't seem and doesn't yeah. yeah, he doesn't want him to get involved. Doesn't want him necessarily to worry about him. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so I feel like at least like me thinking that through, I would be it would be easier for me to understand." Like if one day Andy you were like, So Cody, <laughs> I'm I'm bruised up and I'm bleeding. I need you to help me up because I was out saving Orlando. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, Andy, 
That's awesome. <laughs> You're not going to be mad at me. Can you I get promise? a leather outfit and a mask? <laughs> <laughs> promise you not going to get mad at me? Because in promise. just a few weeks, man, that might be the case. I so. promise. But right. uh, but so, like, and like even thinking that through, like, um, there's a moment in, in the show Arrow, you know, mm-hmm. that, and, like, it's on CW, so it's lighter, of course, yeah. than, than, than this. But, um, and spoiler alert, a small detail with that with Arrow, but when Thea, when Oliver's sister finds out that he is the Arrow, mm. she is she's realizing that she isn't she's not upset with him, and she's happy that she's like all of this all the times I thought that she, uh, that he didn't like she's saying all the times that I thought you didn't want to show up or you were just a flake or yeah. or you know whatever you were out saving people's lives and risking your own yeah and that's awesome so I just appreciated that that happened in Arrow. Um, and I was kind of, I was kind of taken back by the fact that it didn't necessarily happen in this, but, um, we talked about, you know, just kind of the overall, overall show. Um, are there any episodes that kind of stood out to you, uh, or that are particularly memorable, Andy? Yeah. I, um, I've talked about this a, a little bit before when we did our top five villains. I think, I think you or me talked about Wilson Fisk, but, um, there was a slow burn to, you know, for the viewers to, uh, meet this character yeah and they took their time and i think it was a big payoff you mm-hmm. know the first couple episodes we have no idea what's really happening we're still trying to figure out this whole world that we're in uh, and then episode three and four all of a sudden you know people don't want to say his name and all of a sudden that's a big deal you you know you know um we see wesley he say hey don't don't say his name out loud to some of his other you know his crew members or yeah. whatnot and you're like, what in the world? And so it really, I, in my opinion, it really amped up this character mm-hmm. and his power and his, the authority that he has with the rest of his men. And so, yeah, so episodes, I, I think about Daredevil and, and really I think of episodes one through four as like one big long episode because I just feel like they, they tell a continual like storyline in those first four episodes. And they're really, until we see that, Again, this is where I almost lost it, but we see that guy yeah. get spooked out that he gave up. He gives up Fisk's Fisk name. Yeah, to he d- says to Wilson, Yeah, he says Wilson Fisk, and then he freaks out, and then he just he he rather take his own life than have to deal with the consequences of, of be, facing of yeah. facing Fisk. And so, um, so yeah, I think of episodes one through four. Um, I think of episode seven of when we finally get the um, we get the introduction to the character Stick, and he's the one that um, he trains Matt Murdock. You know, when mm-hmm. he's a young boy, like he trains him. That's why he has all these skills. So that was a that was a really enjoyable episode. And then lastly, just the final episode, I really enjoyed. Um, finally, like. I think again, I talked about it already, but the pacing of this show was really enjoyable. Like I really, really, uh, it, it kept my attention the whole time. And so, with the last episode, we finally see Daredevil go up against Fisk, and then we see the red suit, and it was totally worth it. And it was awesome. Yeah. And it was like, why didn't Ben Affleck have this? Oh, come on! <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. Um, but it was it was great. <laughs> Cody, how about you, man? What what episodes? Uh, stick out to you when you look back at the season one um kind of piggybacking off of you that in episode 13 i liked or you know the the finale um i liked the moment in that episode in particular where and like like we said you know on last week with the with the punisher um all of daredevil kind of had this this theme or the this you know central uh idea of this you know of his 
Catholic faith. And so yeah. to then see Fisk come back to that, you know, and he tells a story about how, uh, about, you know, the Samaritan, mm-hmm. um, you know, or the end, you know, the injured person yeah. on the side of the road. And he, he's like, I always considered myself to be the one who helped, but really he was the, he's, he's realizing really he's the thief, you know, and he's yeah. the, he's the one who's hurting. So, um, I appreciated that, mm-hmm. that moment. Um, the episodes in particular that I loved is, is the one where we get the most background on Kingpin himself. Uh, and that's episode eight. It's named uh, Shadows in the Glass. And it's the episode where we see Kingpin as a as a young boy. Um, and I think we've seen, we saw it a couple times leading up to that. But in that episode in particular, they deal the most with uh, Kingpin and his relationship with his father. Yeah. And that ultimately ends with Kingpin as a as a, you know, I think, I want to say he's probably 14 or 15 at that Some, moment. Yeah, something um, like that. But he he ultimately kills his father, yeah, um, because his father is abusing his mother um, yeah. and abusing you know um, and emotion and emotionally yeah. abusing him, and so um, it, at that point you know it's it's hard to like I don't want to say that it justifies what Kingpin's doing, but at the same time like it kind of makes you it makes him relatable because you can see how like he very clearly was warped as a in his yeah. formative years yeah. by his father. And so like that that darkness the dark or that I guess the darkness that is within Kingpin isn't necessarily on Wilson Fisk, but more so I think on his father, you know, on yeah. the on the sins of his father. And so that that idea was I thought was really good. That was tough. I remember <clears throat> watching that episode and I'm just thinking like, oh my gosh, this all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. You know? And for for me uh, I I grew up watching the Spider Man animated TV show, the cartoon. Yeah, and for I always real I always thought that King Kingpin was a Spider Man um, villain. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because he was for the most part like he was almost in every episode. I feel like and yeah, um, and so to go from you know my memory and my view of kingpin from the spider-man cartoon you know the animated cartoon show to from that character to now this character and i'm just like oh my gosh like it was they did a like a great job making him real and relatable and giving him that backstory and that history and i was just like it all makes sense now like why this guy is messed up you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like it was it was tough man it was a tough episode to watch for sure random thing with the kingpin stuff i'm really glad that this came out before jurassic world (laughs) that's right (laughs) because if this came out after jurassic world i would not have been able to take vincent d'onofrio seriously because i would have just the whole time been thinking like like when he's in jurassic world when he's like you end up with places like this that charge seven bucks a soda Like, yeah, like, exactly. I'm sorry. You know, exactly. I, I just wouldn't have been able to take him seriously. But um, the other one in in particular is the is the penultimate episode, episode twelve, um, and that's the name of the episode is the ones we leave behind. Uh, the big moment in that is the death of Ben Urich. Yeah, and he's the reporter that we see throughout all of all of um, you know season one, mm-hmm. and and we I grow to really care about him, and I really appreciated the storyline that's going on with his wife. Yeah. Um, you know, who's in the hospital and is, I, I want to say it's Alzheimer's that she's, yeah. um, that she's struggling with. And so, something, yeah, something along those lines. you know, a, a degenerative disease of that nature. And so, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> just that, that moment when, you know, Ben, he sits down to start his blog, um, because he, you know, he's now lost his job. 
from the newspaper mm-hmm. and he's really like he's he's burnt out because he doesn't have really any means of caring for his wife now yeah um and that was even him getting fired was orchestrated by kingpin you know yeah. from behind the scenes um <clears throat> but then in that we see he sits down and then i'm i'm trying to figure out how a dude as big as kingpin is like just sneaks up on you and just hides in the shadows like batman <laughs> yeah it takes a lot of skill <laughs> Skills and stealth for sure to pull that. Like off, I man. get that he's wearing the black suit, but like he was just, he was just sitting there. It was terrifying. Like, yeah. Like you know, and I think like as soon as we hear his voice, we're like, oh, we like we know what's happening. It's at the same. It's that thing where like we know what's about to happen, but you don't want to accept it. You know. Yeah. Um, and then um, I just I love uh, this this quote that Kingpin says um, as as he's talking to Ben Urich and he says. Um, the world around us is too preoccupied with celebrity weddings and videos of cats. Um, the complicated issues, issues that matter, uh, they take too much focus, Kingpin says. And so he's arguing that nobody cares what he's doing Yeah. Um, as long as they're stable, still, you know, kind of still able to watch their celebrity weddings and watch these videos of cats <laughs> and, and memes of Spider-Man. And exactly. So, exactly. Um, he gets it. King, King he, he really, like, more than any other character, he gets <laughs> he gets us to this world that we're in today. But, but yeah, so I, I one of the things you mentioned, Cody, uh, was about, uh, you know, this reporter, you know, Ben Urich. Um, let's talk about some of the, so let's talk about some of the other, you know, the supporting cast. Obviously, we have our, our main hero we have daredevil matt murdoch and then we have our main villain uh who's wilson fisk you right know, we know him as kingpin even though he never no one ever calls him that. no one calls him that in the, in in the, the show sh- yeah but that's who that character is um let's talk about the supporting cast that we see there are a, a handful of people that um are there on you know matt's side <laughs> of the story and then also uh wilson fisk and his side of the story um, and w- did you enjoy any one more particular than the other? Did you think there was maybe a, an actor or an actress that just did really well with that role that you just thought, man, this is, I really care about this character. Anyone like mm-hmm. that stand out to you? Um, well, aside from Ben Urich, I really, I really did. I know I kind of, you know, hated on him a little bit earlier, but I really enjoyed Foggy Nelson's character. Yeah. Um, cause I thought aside from that. Like I loved the the bromance between um, <laughs> yeah. between them, and I think it, it's one to rival that of of uh, of of uh, Frodo and Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in in Lord of the Rings, but uh, I I just enjoyed that he like amongst as dark as the show was, there was just that little hint of uh, of comedy that Foggy would bring, and it kind of starts to fade as we as we move yeah. you know, towards the end of the season. Yeah, which is like with what's going on in Foggy's life, you know, mm-hmm. um, within this context of the show, I think it makes I think that makes sense. Yeah, I I really enjoyed his character a lot, and um, I thought he did a great job. Um, I I haven't always been the biggest. Uh, Daredevil comic book reader, um, mm-hmm. but I did jump on the last few uh, big big runs that uh, Mark Wade had uh, with Daredevil, um, and I, from my limited amount of Daredevil comic book reading, I thought the way Foggy is written in those comics and the way he interacts with Daredevil and Matt Murdock, I thought they, I thought, that, I thought he killed it. I thought he did a great job, mm-hmm. and. Um, 
He's also I can't remember the actor's name, but he's also uh, one of the Smash Brothers from Mighty Ducks. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's a, just a fun fact because every time I see that actor, that's all I honestly that's all I see him as. I just see him as one half of the uh, the Bash Brothers. Elden Henson. Is uh, ba- his name. Excuse me, the Bash Brothers, not the Smash Brothers. Uh, the Bash Brothers, and so um, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he's one of the, the Mighty Ducks uh, cast member. But, Ducks fly together, bro. That's right, quack. Uh, but yeah, Foggy was a great uh, a great supporting uh, cast. I totally agree with you, Cody. How did you feel about uh, Miss Karen Page? Uh, so she was the the secretary. If you know, right. for those who haven't seen the the show, but uh, she was a secretary. She's hired by the avocados at law. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, no, they. Like, I think. I think what she brought to the the TV sh- the TV show in this season was, um, I, I honestly I think of the chemistry between her, Foggy, and Matt was great. Um, she has a really important role in the first few episodes. So yeah. there's a really good backstory there, which I really enjoyed. And like, I was able to connect dots like, okay, that's why her character is so important. You know, it's not like they just found a girl and just kind of threw her in there, but you know, she really is it, really with their, uh, with, you know, really throughout the whole story, throughout the whole season, she's a main, really is one of the main characters of the overall right. story arc. And so, um, I thought, I thought she was great. There was always, I'm always, a, I'm a sucker for like the romance and like the relationships when it comes to like these superhero TV shows. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to figure out like if that was going to happen and like which way it was going to go. If it was, was going to be Matt and, and Karen, Karen or, or Karen and Foggy. Foggy. Yeah. And like, I think they kind of, they dance and like really uh, brushed up against some of those lines. They're just kind of like tease the viewers. But mm-hmm. um, from, if I'm not mistaken, nothing, it's no. been a while. Like I, I saw like a few episodes this past week, but just to kind of refresh my, my memory, but nothing like that. I, happened. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they necessarily hint one way or the other as yeah. far as I remember, but um, her in particular, I, I was really enjoying the backstory. Yeah. You know, and the, and the like implication of that. She probably hasn't, that's like the character that she kills um, Wills Wesley. Yeah. Um, she, she really, that's probably not the first time she's killed. Yeah, that's and right. I, <clears throat> that's right. That's, that's how he dies. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it's Cause he kind of like, you know, put sits her down and, Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really interested. So I'm really interested to see kind of more explanation of what's what's gone on in her past. Um, and I I think credit to, I like one thing I do credit the show to is that I don't think that uh, any of the characters get like feel like they don't have enough screen time. And yeah, I think that they do a good job of giving of giving time to Foggy and giving time to Karen and giving time to Matt yeah. and Wilson, you know, and even Wesley yeah. um, to a degree and Ben to a degree um, with the exception maybe of stick, but I don't think it's necessarily like no. he's, he's not throughout the season enough yeah. that, uh, that it necessarily justifies him getting a full explanation. Yeah. And I kind of think that with some of the stuff that's, uh, that's going to go on in season two, we'll get that, yeah. um, that I, explanation of stick. And I really liked also Claire, like in the, um, the nurse, I think she was only in there for, she wasn't there in there for the whole season. She was, no, part, I think, like, I think it's like three or four. Yeah, ep- like she's, like she's in the first couple, and then she shows up again uh, later on yeah. towards the end. But uh, I thought I really enjoyed like her role and her character. Um, so that's good. Any any villains stick out? I mean, I mean, obviously, 
Again, we talked about Wilson Fisk in the top five villains episode uh, a while back ago. But any other villains or you know, character supporting cast from his side of the of the story arc stand out to you, um, CP? I I'm thinking in particular of uh, of Filson, Wilson's uh, little lady friend. Oh yeah 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 and yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking up her name because I'm I'm, a, I'm blanking name, out I'm blanking out on what her character's name was. Um, but if you give me just, I think, wait, where is it? Where is it? Uh, no, that's not it. Uh, anyway, I can't remember her name. Andy, if you find it, let me know. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but Vanessa. I, Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa. That's I'm here the, for you, um, Pick me up when, when I'm not strong. Uh, <laughs> lean on me, but Yeah. Um, so, but Vanessa, what is wrong with this woman? What kind of whacked out world does she think it's a good idea to be with Mr. Wilson Fisk? I don't know. At first, I thought she was... I, I, f- I forget how the rest of their story arc plays out, but... Um, I th- I thought that she knew that that from the episode where they're on like the, I think their first date when the one of the Russian brothers comes in and she kind of just leaves and she's mad that you know that's the way he handles his business and all that stuff. I thought from then on she was gonna not fall for be him. interested. Yeah, yeah. But I guess she was just I don't know, man. Maybe I I, I was trying to think like I, she's I was, a pretty lady. Yeah. There's other men. There's yeah. other fish in the sea. Yes. Vanessa. I was, you don't have to end up. <laughs> You don't have to end up with Wilson Fisk. Like, yeah, I get that it, he's got money. Yeah, and but power. No money, no problems, <laughs> Vanessa. That's right. Listen, <laughs> listen to Cody on this one. Uh, but yeah, I, she was a very, you know, she was an interesting character. Um, I honestly, I really enjoyed uh, Wesley. I thought he was a fun character to have with Fisk and his whole crew. Um, I just kind of liked the way he handled himself. And it was always, no matter what was happening, he was always like, this is not a good thing when your business is like, uh, you know, a shady, you know, <laughs> um, evil, uh, you know, organization. But no matter what was happening, he was always business first, and mm-hmm. he was always like, okay, what is Mister? Always calm and collected. Yeah, what what does Mister Fisk need? What happens? Okay, I'll do that. No big deal. Okay, there's a fight happening. We can handle that. No, like he was always like, I really. It, no matter again, no matter what was happening, he was always just keeping his cool and sticking to the agenda, whatever it may you know may have been. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed uh, Wes- Wesley and his character. So there's also a couple references that we see um, both to what's already happened in the MCU as far as like Easter eggs, mm-hmm. um, as well as kind of setups for future future events, or even just you know like small things referencing. Uh, other Marvel stuff. So, yeah. um, in 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 particular, if you missed some of those, I really appreciated that uh, they referenced both the Battle of New York mm-hmm. um, with the with there's a, a, sh- a shot of um, a newspaper article as well as just this whole thing being the post the Chitauri invasion. Yeah. Um, and and the aftermath, like Hell's Hell's Kitchen, is is you know not coming back and not recuperating from that attack. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like they're blaming in a lot of ways the Avengers, you know, and, and the superpowered individuals. Also really appreciated that uh, that Mr. Ben Urich wrote an article on the Hulk tear, tearing apart Harlem. Yes, yes. I really, <laughs> I, I, again, side note, but I really enjoy that uh, that Hulk movie, that first one. It's mm-hmm. it's an underrated movie in my opinion. Um, I also, there's another uh, a reference that Matt and Foggy make when they're, um, back in college of uh, a reference to Electra, 
of Matt having a relationship with this with this um this woman this Mediterranean woman and so everyone knows that that's Electra and so that's that was fun we also see uh, the you know Stan Lee he makes a cameo in all of his movies and with this one it wasn't uh, like a live action like he wasn't a character he was just um, in the police department like station uh, he has his picture on the wall as like an officer which is, right which was a lot of which was a lot of fun we also saw uh, the gladiator at least that's the character that we think he will he will become yeah, maybe yeah. eventually. Uh, that's Mr. Potter, yeah. uh, and you know he has the shop. He's the one who makes Daredevil's outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also see uh, the logo of the Steel Serpent, mm-hmm. um, and that is in the in the shop where all the blind you know blind workers are. Yeah. Um, and that is the the Steel Serpent is the arch nemesis of the Iron Fist. So we'll probably be you know at least seeing that logo again. Yeah. Whether or not they'll make reference to what you know what's happened with Daredevil. Yeah. Um, who you know remains to be seen yeah and then we also see that we see the you know the hand uh, you know with daredevil fights that um the, the ninja in the red suit like that's a this you know the reference to the hand and it's really a setup for the for the hand which is this evil supernatural group um in that you know uh daredevil comic book world um and why we say it's a setup is because um that we think and this kind of leads into our um you know thinking about season two that's coming out here uh we think that they're gonna have a bigger role uh you know collectively the hand as this gang um we think that they're gonna have a bigger role in this um in season two um but looking ahead cody do you have any expectations for it do you have any uh maybe concerns or are you, is there something that you're super excited about or you're nervous about how they're you know maybe they're gonna handle something anything like that uh, I'm really interested to see how much time has passed, you know, since like yeah. coming out of season one into season two. Sometimes, you know, shows will do the jump, sometimes like a time jump. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's, you know, it's right after like immediately following the events. And so I'm interested to see that. Um, I think I'm I'm most excited to kind of see like where dare, dare, daredevils come. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested to see what his relationship with like with Foggy and with Karen is. Um, yeah. And, I guess I'm kind of imagining that at this point he has some type of support system, um, you know, like similar to that of like Team Arrow, you know, in Arrow where he's at least like, not necessarily like you can't replace Felicity, you know, or, but like some someone who's kind of maybe Overwatch, you know, like in, in kind of in that role. Yeah. At least a little bit. I maybe, think would maybe, be beneficial. Yeah, maybe like an Alfred to Batman, you yeah. know, who kind of is just there to keep him in line or, or you know, remind him of his boundaries. I think that's... An, I I don't know if I'm like it's not like I'm I'm not trying to defend Daredevil, but it's like uh, or Matt for keeping the secret, but like that's the concern I think that he had was not wanting to get him involved, not having him to maybe get uh, put himself in a dangerous position for the mm-hmm. sake of Daredevil, and so I think all of that comes with now with Foggy now knowing that Matt is Daredevil. Um, I'm interested, you know, I'm interested in Punisher. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be cool. See this, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, seeing this it character. Might be, it might be, make this special ever. It, it's it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good. And I think um, so far, it's just, it's getting me really excited for this season. You know, the little trailers and screenshots of the Punisher. Um, that's going to be good. Elektra is going to be in it. 
Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, we see in the comics that at times there she's a friend to Daredevil, but other times she's going against Daredevil. And there's also there's like that romantic element to that, you know, their relationship. Like similar to that of Catwoman and Batman. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. Um, and, and she's kind of in like we've seen some some art our concept art or at least actually I don't even think it's concept art. I think it's actual posters for it. But where Daredevil's fighting a group of ninjas, mm-hmm. we're thinking that those ninjas are the hand. Yeah. Um, I think that's safe to say. And then um, Elektra, you know, throughout times in the comics, there's points where she joins the hand where she even is the, a leader, mm-hmm. you know, within the hand. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see how much she kind of, you know, is involved in that. Yeah. It's going to be great. Like, I think, again, season two just comes out here in a couple of days, and I'm really, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think it's, I think it's just going to be really good. Season one was great overall. I mean, it sounds like you liked it a lot. I did. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. And so I think they have the foundation that they need to then build on, on this and really, you know, set up season two for a, you know, a big setup. So that is our episode for heroes and daredevil season one. Uh, let us know your Daredevil Season 2 binge-watching plans <laughs> on social media. That's right. My roommate and I have had this figured out since Jessica Jones came out. So, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> let us see those on Twitter and Instagram at Heroes underscore and. Tell us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Heroes and or email us at heroesandpodcast at gmail.com. I uh, want to give you guys the comics coming out March 16th, 2016. We have Green Arrow number 50 along with Superman number 50. Again, all of DC titles uh, are coming up to an end here. I think they're planning on ending with issue number 52. So they're either wrapping up their you know their last story arc or they're maybe telling one short story arc and so um you want you're gonna want to pick those up so again uh green arrow number 50 and then superman number 50 we also have uh extraordinary x-men number eight which if i'm not mistaken is um the first part of the apocalypse wars and so that's gonna be good and then lastly we have international iron man number one And if you have some time, we would appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our episodes on whatever platform you listen to them on, as well as share them with your geeky friends or anyone else that you think might appreciate uh, Heroes And. And so uh, thank you for listening to Heroes And. I'm Cody. And I'm Andy. And And we're we're out. out.